going on guys welcome to another episode of talking on my ass podcast if you guys are listening on spotify or apple Podcasts and enjoying the show please do me a favor write a review give me a five-star rating to help grow the show if you are watching on youtube please subscribe like comment share the episode with your friends and family on your social media platforms my guest today is making his second appearance on the show he holds a bachelor's degree in kinesiology he emphasizes on movement science with focus of exercise physiology he is a brown belt in brazilian jiu-jitsu he's a personal trainer for six plus years and he is a former mma fighter ladies and gentlemen i give you joey ochua or really it's called blackout wednesday or black wednesday which is the night before thanksgiving because you know how like everybody there's a lot of people that are like oh i can't stand my family and i'm like why would you want to do that hungover but um people go out the night before especially like me like because i live somewhere else yeah so like it's a good way to like meet meet up with friends old friends mm. and that's basically what i'm doing it's one of my buddy's birthdays today oh okay so, so yeah. you guys are getting fucking drunk <laughs> we're getting bottle service honestly if you want to come out dude but I would bro, just, like, honestly alcohol like oh I, dude I, it fucks with me bro like hey. bad you know what i mean like dude, it's I, it's bad i'm actually not drinking as much anymore i'll drink like once every two months every yeah. month or so. once once or twice a month or once every two months just because of how my body's feeling now when you drink do you get drunk or you like drink? No, drink. I, I I drink to have a good time. I don't okay. drink to get drunk. Like honestly, oh my god, the last time I drank, <laughs> no, the last time I drank that I like felt like oh this was too much was like it wasn't even planned. I literally mm-hmm. literally it was like this. I worked at, at like eight in the morning, no nine in the morning till eleven. I worked out. I worked out. This is right after I worked out. I worked out eleven to twelve thirty, and then my uh, my homegirl was like, hey, I'm watching the Ohio State game. I was like, cool. Give me a michelada and you know I'll meet you there. And that yeah. was the only my only plan was to have michelada. Yeah, michelada. And then she, dude, this is this is the other thing about real world shit. <laughs> Apparently, some guy was creeping on her, and obviously my mind goes like, yeah. all right, I'm going protector mode now. Yes, yes, yes. So yes. I was like, I'll hang out. Don't worry. Just give me like a Don Julio soda. I'll just hang out. <laughs> and then it was like, do you want another drink? I was like, sure. And then everyone's like, anybody want shots? I was like, sure. Because like. You know, for me, I could drink, like, obviously just from, you know, after after I moved, I didn't really train as much. So then I was just partying a lot. Mm. So then I started, like, drinking more. But then, obviously, now my body's paying for it. Like, I have the neck thing. I had shoulder surgery. Um, That's just due to what? That was, Dude, remember? Okay, you were there. Yeah. Remember in 2013, I think I was supposed to have my third fight. And then Bothwell was in the room with us. Mm-hmm. And it was my last round of the first day of camp. Bothwell hip throws me into the wall. And he landed on my, uh, like, on me. Mm-hmm. And then my shoulder popped out. And then, like, my shoulder was okay. And they said it was my clavicle that popped out of place. But I think that was the start of, like, me tearing my labrum and tearing my um, my rotator cuff. But everybody's got fight. If you're a fighter, but everybody's got issues. Do, do you think you have, um, like, your neck issues just a prolonging of just time? Oh, yeah, thing? dude. It's yeah. a wear and tear, dude. Like, um, I mean, <laughs> it's funny because my buddy, uh, he fights in the UFC, Christos Yagos. Mm-hmm. He fought recently. He fought Ilya Tapura, too, recently. Fuck. Yeah, no, it was solid fight. It was just, you know, that guy's tough. Yeah. But um, he was saying that, well, he had mentioned that he he had gotten it, or he had gotten disc replacement when he turned 30. He's 32 now. He said Michael Johnson got it because he trains at Sanford in mm. Florida. And he named a couple other guys, too, who's had the, the surgery. And I was like, well, I guess that's normal. Yeah. Plus, like, I still train jiu-jitsu. So it's like, you know, it yeah. is what it is. You feel me? You know what's funny, bro? I'm, I'm actually pretty lucky that I really didn't, like, 
get any crazy like injuries mm-hmm. or like surgeries or anything yeah. like during through 15 at 15 years old through 25 yeah. years old so yeah. that's a long period of time of yeah. combat sport yeah. but i've never faced i've always faced nagging injuries but never something yeah. serious yeah so i'm really like happy like see that. the way i saw it before is that they're all nagging injuries until they weren't nagging anymore yeah until they became a bigger deal and it's like you know and i had to address it because like honestly dude like after after putting your body all through that or like you know i mean like i said i not taking anything away from anybody who's gotten deeper. Obviously, there are people who've gotten deeper and all that. But, like, as soon as you start feeling that level of discomfort where you're like, damn, I can't really sleep well or damn, I can't really function yeah. or perform my daily activities well, that's when you're like, all right, maybe I need to do something a little more drastic. Like, that's what happened with my shoulder. <clears throat> with my neck, it's really more because I want to be able to train jiu-jitsu till, I don't know, until I'm like 50, 60 probably cut it off around between those two yeah <laughs> <laughs> no man cause I, that, that's the other thing too it's like you don't understand how much it does for you mentally yeah like a lot of people like okay that's a loaded thing that's a loaded claim right but in reality right everything is a balance everything has its own place and jiu-jitsu gives me that freedom of like okay in this world i can do a lot of what i want that i can't do in this world which is the normal world like and the other thing that i learned especially since i work at a like a a high class gym or a boutique gym Mm -hmm. people in the real world have no sense of hierarchy like people don't know it's 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 sad to say like people don't know their place but like they really don't because like you know, somebody could be quiet or chilling or like me, like extroverted and like, hey, super like, hey, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah. But then it's like, yeah, I could dump you on your head. Though. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like I could choke you out, but I'm not going to do it. It's just I can. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> you know, and- it's so true. How, like the most like the average looking people. Like you and I, yeah, we don't look the part. No, dude, absolutely not. And like, I love that. <laughs> and for me, it's more like it's more like, um, what is it? It's like, <laughs> even even as a trainer, right? Like I said, I'm at like a high class gym and all that, and like I don't look super jacked. I have a build, mm. but like you know, obviously there's always that like, you know, when they're new and they don't know you, right? Yes. And like, like that, and then I'm just like, huh, okay. <laughs> Okay. Shit. Cool guy. Yeah. Thanks. Like, fuck off. They 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 don't. Th- and it's funny when they see you move though. It's a different story. Oh yeah. And they're yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, this guy yeah, knows yeah. what the fuck he's Dude, doing. It's so funny because there was a guy that literally said that to me within like the first two three years of me working there. He was like, man, you look like a regular guy, but I've seen you lift weight and move weight, and I was like, holy shit. And I was like, yeah, thanks. Like, you right. should see the thing that I'm really good at. <laughs> But isn't it crazy, bro? Like how people still to this day will judge uh, like a book by its cover. Yes. Because like people at work, bro, they're like, Daniel, I heard from somebody that you were a fighter. Like, how are you a violent person? You're very smiley. You're very outgoing. You're very, I was like, I don't look the part and I don't want to look the part. It's so funny you say that because this is like something that happens to me all the time. (laughs) You know how like, um, I mean, you you remember the team, right? And like I remember when Kurt uh, Curtis, yeah, 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 it was his first fight, and everybody was like, "You need to talk to Joey," because you remember how nervous he was. Yes. But it's funny because like, 
I, I was like the voice of reason or something. No, you were honestly, bro. You were like the, I felt like you were like the, the counselor slash therapist in oh, that that's room. Nice. You know what well, I mean? Because the thing is like, I, in my mind, it was like, I don't have to make a bigger, bigger deal of something that I'm about to do. Like I enjoy the, We all enjoy the shit. We're yeah, here for a reason. Of course. And we want to be something in it. Right. Mm -hmm. So the thing is every fight that we have and every training camp that we have, is just a step to that. Yeah. Right. But if you make it bigger than what it is, then you're, you're going to put so much pressure on yourself that by the time you get in that, in the cage and the ring, you're like, Oh my God, what am I going to do if this happens? Like, no, dude, just, yeah. just do, just yes. go, just yeah. go. But it, no, anyway, the point that I was trying to make was like, you know how like I always look so intense, but I'm not. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody, a lot of people at my job are like, he like when I hear people meet me for the first time, yes. but they've seen me around work or like out the bars because the thing is my work is right by the the strip where the bars are at. Mm. They're like, man, you always look so like mad or intimidating <laughs> or unapproachable. But right now you're just so nice. Like, oh, you just, you know, yeah. you're just like, you just want to have a good time. Like, I remember this girl was like, oh my God, I didn't know you were this fun. And I was like, <laughs> uh, huh? Is that crazy? It was, I'm like, bro, that's just my face. I'm yeah. sorry. And the thing is when I'm working, I'm like, I'm processing so much for my client. Like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Yeah. Okay. Or like, I got to call audible. Like, oh, he's, he's really tired today. Or, or, or his knee is bugging him today. Okay. So what do I got to do? Well, obviously, I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, I need to, like, figure this out. Like, yeah. oh, my God. Like, no, it's like, okay, you know, okay, uh, maybe we should do split squats today. Um, maybe deadlifts. And that's what's going on in my head. Yeah. So then my face is like. Well, me, who the fuck, who the fuck walks around like this? That's the funny you know what thing. I mean? Like, who No, does but there that? really are people like that, though. And I actually love those that's people. Because I'm just oh. like, I'm just like, man, thank you for making this day so bright. <laughs> You bring a lot of happy in the room because, like, bro, I, I've something that I've noticed. Like, usually when I go on my walks here, um, yeah. I'll say good morning to like a yeah. neighbor, yeah, and like you, like the look on their face is like, wow, like, yeah. like it's like people, it's like hard to be nice yeah. now. And they're so surprised by that. I'm like, damn, dude, like, it, I'm just saying a simple good morning. It's not that I think people just have been like, obviously the whole COVID thing, right? It, it's created distance between people, and it's harder to, and I mean. I guess this, it goes to a bigger issue, but like the, the COVID or like the thing with COVID, it kind of separated people. It made us all kind of be wary of each other, not really mm -hmm. want to want to have human contact when that's like completely against our biology. I mean, that's anecdotal. I'm not, yeah. not a scientist. I'm not an anthropologist. I don't really know the science of it, but it has been known and it has been shown that we are social creatures, right? Yeah. Like we are more of a, of a tribal spe like species. We're better together. Exactly. It's yeah. good to be social. So, but what COVID did was kind of like dampen that. Yeah. Because people don't want to do that. So it's it's funny you say that because like it's also regional. Because mm. I have a coworker from Tennessee. and Well, she went to school in Tennessee. But she was like, why does everybody seem so mean? Like I say hi to everybody and other people don't say hi. And I was like, interesting. And then I heard that. And then, you know, I think about like the comparisons of the Bay in LA. Yeah. Like in LA. And I mean, you know, it's not, not that LA is a bad place. It's not every, every place has its, its thing. Every fucking yeah. place. And so sorry, like every place has its thing. So it's like, it's interesting because like with LA, it's almost like they're going to like observe you first mm -hmm. and kind of like fill you out <laughs> in the Bay. It's like, What's good? Yeah. Like everybody's just like brings not not necessarily welcoming, bringing everybody in, yeah. but it's like 
I'll find out later. Let's have a good time first. Right. Yeah. But the thing is, like, you know, not, not to say LA people don't know how to have a good time. It's just different. It's just a different approach. Yes. But like I alluded to earlier, like the bigger thing is like people don't really know how to communicate either. And they lost that skill. Right. But the thing is, it's just difficult for people to do it regardless. Because mm. so I'm in therapy currently. Yeah. Mm. And I didn't really learn how to read communication or sorry. Well, read. Yes. Understand communication and be a part of communicating right mm. until like i i really saw how how to do it properly now don't get me wrong like, communicating is like talking right but mm. it's understanding it's listening yeah like talking is the byproduct it's kind of like why do you shadow box mm. right? there's reasons it's behind boring, everything right? yeah shadow boxing is boring <laughs> yes. hitting the bag it sucks sparring is fun Yes. But what is what is sparring? But the byproduct of the visualization from, from uh, shadow boxing and hitting the bag is to build conditioning so that you could do this. But then this is its own thing because it's instinctual too, in a sense. But that's the same thing. It's like if you want to communicate with somebody, especially if somebody just wants to talk to you, mm. you want to listen, and then listen to understand. Yeah, and then. It goes two ways. Either you listen, understand, and you're just like, okay, thank you for giving me that information. Thank you, thank you for sharing that. Or, you know, if they want a response, then you respond. Yeah. And that's probably one of the biggest things as far as being in the the real world, the normal world that I've come to learn. Because then, you know, now you you when you have conversations with people, you're almost like, okay, now I'm getting where you're now I'm picking up where you're putting down. Yeah. Like that. And yeah. it's it's enlightening mm -hmm. because you then start to realize okay maybe you know something happened with this person or maybe this person is like that or you know that's how that's how special this person is yeah you know what i mean but it's it's really cool because like it just makes communication easier because then you're like okay i understand where you're coming from and even more so like people who just you know, like to talk and you just kind of like know it. You just kind of hear it, you yes, know? Yeah. yeah. Did you approach um, therapy to enhance your listening and your communication skills or was it for another purpose? Oh, for an, a whole nother purpose. Um, a whole nother purpose that I'm not overly confident in sharing, but it's more of I needed to change something that was happening in my life and I, in therapy, it was more like I've gone to the point where it was pretty low and I didn't really have much to alleviate that feeling. Mm. And it was really more like, you know, at this point in my, like it was actually during surgery or during my recovery from my shoulder surgery. Yeah. Uh, I developed a lot of anxiety. Like my anxiety of like, am I ever going to be able to do this? Or am I ever going to be able to do that? Um, how's my future going to look like? Like I started really looking too far ahead mm. and I stopped thinking brightly, you know, with hope ahead. But I just kept thinking to myself, like, I can't see it. Like, I can't see the path. I can't see the path. It's dark. It's murky. It's muddy. It's dark. But... I can see the end. I can see the top of the mountain. I just don't know how to get there. Yeah. And it, it like messed with my head so much that I was like, I need to talk to somebody that knows what the fuck they're doing, mm -hmm. you know? And so 
um, there was actually a moment in our first, um, in our first, in my first session where I was like shaking. I was nervous. I was terrified. Going in or going during? in. Oh. Like as soon as I sat down, yeah. the first thing I told my therapist, shout out Myra. <laughs> 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 uh, the thing I told my therapist, I was like, I really don't know what I'm doing here. Dang. I am so scared of what we're about to do because I feel like I'm going to lose pieces of myself. And then she was like, are you scared to lose pieces of yourself? Or are you scared that you're going to be shown pieces of yourself? Damn, and I was Myra. like, I was like, <laughs> ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there was another thing too, where she was like, she was like, okay, so tell me about this thing, that thing. I was like, okay, this, this and that. So, so what are the things that you hold dear to you? Or what are, what are the things that you hold more, most important? And I was like, honestly, my brother's, my mom, my dad, and all the people that love me, like yourself, our, our team, like obviously like Victor, you, like any single time I can reach out to you guys, Corey, yeah. right? And then she goes, hmm, how come you didn't say you? And I was like, shit. Huh? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> and she was like, well, it seems like the things that are most important to you that drives you to keep on day to day and stay strong are not you. Mm. And I was like, okay. Like, like in my mind, like, where are you going with this? She was like, well, it doesn't seem like you love yourself. Mm. I had a moment and I swear this happened in my head. Like, you know, when you have like a fork in the road, oh, yeah. but like a fork in the road reaction where it was like, when she said, I don't think you, or you, I don't think you love yourself. And I was like, I want to be like, bitch, what you mean? <laughs> but then in my mind, I was like, I'm not here to be argumentative. I'm not here to be defensive. I'm here because I'm going through it and I need to have a fresh perspective. Mm. You know, the last time we spoke, I was talking about psychedelics. Yeah. This time, now I got another person. I, I've been in this journey of, and I didn't even know I was, mm. but I've been in this journey of just kind of bettering my mental health or like just my psyche. Because, like I said, as soon as fighting got taken away, or I walked away from it, or whatever the case may be, whatever the, however I want to word that, it was like I was reintroduced to the world in a different way. Mm. So I guess the thing now, it's like kind of letting myself learn more about myself. Because you can go through your entire life not understanding who you are. Yeah. And that's why we have all this discourse with people because they don't have an identity. They don't know how to communicate one. They don't know how to have an identity. And it's not just like gender identity or anything like that. It's yeah. like you as a person, like, do you know who you are? Mm -hmm. You know, can you really look yourself in the mirror and be like, I know my strengths. I know my weakness. I know me weaknesses. I know my flaws. I know, I know who, what I bring to the table, Yeah, you know, and that's so important because I recently learned this cool thing, kind of like the communication thing. So you have to love yourself, right? Loving yourself gives you self-worth. As soon as you understand what your self-worth is, you then understand the value you bring to other people. And you, you're a big finance guy, right? Mm. Value means everything, Absolutely. right? Especially with the people you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. But how are you gonna know what your value is, what you bring to the table, what you bring to the world, if you don't know your worth, mm -hmm. meaning like th 
there's a shallow thing that people think that they're like, oh, my worth is this. Like, no, no, no. Your worth is literally how much you love yourself. That conversation you have in your head. Mm-hmm. And loving yourself doesn't mean oh, I'm going to go spend money on this or I'm going to do that. No, loving yourself is literally like being able to have these hard conversations in your head. Yeah. And, you know, it's like it's so hard to do that mm-hmm. because you're basically checking yourself. You're you're looking at yourself and like and and finding the right balance of okay, we lack this, but we can work on this. Mm. And this may be difficult, but you're going to keep going. Like Yeah. It's been, you know, so many things that can go on in your life that can take you to a specific place that you're just like, what do I do? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So as soon as you like you get to that, you then start kind of trekking i think i lost my (laughs) my place there but yeah i mean so back to therapy when she said when she said those things it kind of gave me uh like it opened it opened my mind a little more it opened the door a little more where it's like okay then i guess i need to start working on myself loving myself and then more recently it's like learning about your worth because it's like what you bring or how do you really feel about yourself yeah. You know, a lot of people say they're secure with themselves, but in the first sign of discourse, the first sign of distress, they lash out. And that's what's happening with the world right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like everybody says, oh, everybody gets offended by everything. Yeah, but why? Yeah. You know, what's the reason behind that? Yeah. You know, like it's easy to be offended by something, yeah. but are they being offended because they're being defensive? Or are they really being offended because you actually hit a nerve or hit something in them? Because like, you know, there's so many, there's so many things that trigger people. Yeah. Okay, but but how? It's not just one thing. It's not black or white. Yeah. Nothing in life is black or white. Like you know, again, I keep referring to you and you know finances because I, I see your tweets, I see all that. I'm just like, man, my boy's growing up. Look, look at this guy, dude. <laughs> but but it's like, you know, it like when you and Victor talk about stocks, like, Oh, it's not about this. It's not about that. It's kind of the same thing with your, with how you should approach life. It's not when it's good. Great. Hmm. What do you do when it's bad? Yeah. How do you react when it's bad? It's like, I remember one of the things from fighting was like, um, get comfortable being uncomfortable and like understanding adversity. Mm-hmm. But like, what does that really mean? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. especially when it comes to life, because life can be like you're uncomfortable because rents due and you're short yeah. or you have so much money, but you're not really living life. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're living life because you have money, but you don't. Yeah. But, you know, it goes back to that balance. Right. And I think that is probably one of the most difficult things to, to really to really grasp is like what what is it that what specific thing is it that that brings this trigger or whatever the case may be this discourse because the thing is people never really ask why anymore you know yeah i feel like i got on a tangent there (laughs) (laughs) well you're supposed to it's your podcast (laughs) (laughs) no but bro like like speaking with the whole like kind of what me and victor say like because i had a dear friend of mine reach out to me and uh, she was like daniel i want to start investing and I said, well, why do you want to start investing? Like, you have to know what kind of investor that you want to be. Yeah. You know, do you want to make a quick nut? Do you want to be in the market for a long period of time? Because that's, and if you look at history, that's where it just shows. The longer you're in it, 
the better off you'll yeah. be. And I have always, I told her, I was like, before I got anything straight, anything I had to get that done. Yeah. So like I spent thousands on my education, yeah. meaning all the books behind you, yeah. all the books behind me. Yeah. And I just accumulated so much information where it's like, where books that tested me, books that challenged me and having conversations that challenged me to the point where it's like, oh my God, I'm challenged by people and I'm challenging myself daily. Cause if I'm not, I don't like me. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know, just like in the gym, we're overtraining and we overtrain for a reason because if we lack, if we don't show up in the gym the way we want to, we don't like, we don't like one another. We don't like ourselves, mm -hmm. you know? So I like me better when I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And if I'm not like Thanksgiving, I'm going to be present with my family. I'm going to enjoy every bit of it. But at the same time, I had this little demon in my head. That's like, bro, you need to get to fucking work. Mm. So I'm, tr that's one of the flaws that I have is that balance. I don't think it's, it's a flaw per se. I think it's conditioning. Yeah. Right. Cause like you said it earlier, it's like, <clears throat> if you don't get to the, you know, when you show up to the gym, you don't do the way that you, the way that you want to train or whatever the case may be, or you're not getting your, your purpose or whatever. It's like, you're so critical of yourself because you yeah. want to achieve more. Yeah. Right. But see, I just said the same thing you did. Mm. Except it was in a tone where it's like less, like less beating yourself down. Yeah. That's really one of the things too. It's like, it's okay to have these, these qualities because that's what makes you, you, that's mm. what makes you want to be better. Yeah. But don't ever do it at the cost of yourself. Mm. Cause the thing is like, you know, at the end of the day, all of this, will it exist without you? No. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like the first person you always got to take care of is yourself. Yeah. But not in a way that like everyone else thinks. It's really more like, okay, you wake up. Yes, you have affirmations. Yes, you're going to work out. Yes, you're taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. But what's the conversation in here? Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And it's always good to like freshen up that perspective because the thing is like, there's no reason to be hard on yourself. But that doesn't mean, you know, be lax too. Like if you're lax, then you're not going to get shit done. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you want to get shit done, have that motivate, actually have that discipline because motivation, like this is the thing that I, I've come to learn too. It's like motivation is so, so temporary because mm -hmm. I, or momentary actually, yeah, temporary, momentary, like you in the moment can be motivated to go work out or start a new diet or, mm -hmm. you know, make new financial habits. Yeah. But until you decide, I'm going to be disciplined, actually, until you, you get hit with a shit in the fan where you're like, I need to be disciplined to do this, to do this, to do this. Like, yeah. you know, I was mentioning earlier, like, I, I'm trying not to drink as much. Mm. Well, because my body's telling me I should. Yeah. So shit hit the fan and now I'm trying to be disciplined. Yeah. Um, as far as like finances go, like I have learned a lot more about my money and how I'm making it and all that and the moves I need to make. So shit hit, had to hit the fan until yeah. I decided to do that. Yep. You know? So it's like, Oh, actually another physical thing, like working out. I used to hate lifting weights. Like I always thought, yeah, I did. What? Yeah, dude. I, I hardly lifted weights when we were fighting. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. I, I hardly you did. always did. Right. Because oh. of the way I looked right. Yeah. No, Wow. it was just from, uh, like just, probably just from playing, playing football for five years. Oh shit. But when my body started breaking down more, 
I mean, it's funny because I'm the trainer who doesn't like to lift, but it's because like <laughs> it's because like it's because my entire my entire uh, approach with people is like I want you to move better. Yeah. Like I want you to move better. I want you to more efficiently. I want it to be for your day to day, right? But then as soon as I started feeling the aches and pains of everything that we did, because like what you know what all fighters put themselves through, and like I I saw a GSP quote that's like you may see and I'm and I'm fucking butchering this i'm butchering the fuck out of this (laughs) gsp was like yeah you may be seeing the the one percent guys doing all these things but there are 99.9 percent of guys who just are horror stories Hmm. and i was like yeah you know when people tell me that when when my friends tell me about these things you know people who've never fought before like one of my best friends in socal john robles he was uh clay guida's training partner he trained i believe at alpha male and uh um Jackson Winks mm. and you know I get along so well with him and immediately became one of my best friends yeah because he understood yes you know what I mean yeah and I'm not to I'm not to say that like oh people don't know shit about shit yeah no everybody's good at something everybody like you know I'm not gonna go up to a chef and be like you're cutting those onions wrong right because I, my I, mom said that yeah. that's how you're supposed to cut onions like, like People need to learn how to stay in their lane. Right. right? And that and again, we back all to have that, a lane. Back back to that whole thing. Like people don't really know their place. Yes. You know? Yes. And yeah, it's just like it's interesting because like um I started lifting more with the intent to make sure that my body is stronger. Mm-hmm. Right? So that I can last longer. And yeah, it's or last longer, live longer. Yes. And it actually has worked out pretty well, except for the fact that like, hey, you do have these injuries that you never paid attention to in the past. Damn. And, you know, I'm still doing jiu-jitsu. I can still like, like my neck, I'm pretty sure. Um, I was on vacation in Guam. And I went to my buddy Mike's uh, gym. It was Atos Guam. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I had gone out the night before because it was a Friday. It was a Friday night. And then I went to his gym Saturday morning. And I wasn't feeling all that great. Let's just say I was hungover. <laughs> but I was like, I told, I told him, I was like, hey, I'm going to show up to your gym. I'm going to show up to your gym. Like, yeah. I don't want to not show up to your gym after yeah, I told yeah. you I'm going to show up to your gym. Mm-hmm. And I was like training one of his purples. And I wasn't like going like hard. I'm yeah. like, dude, I'm like half, half capacity right now. Mm-hmm. I went in for a single and the dude was smaller than me. So all he did was like roll, roll me over the top of him. And then I landed on the top of my head and I heard like three cracks in my neck. It was during that time where you yeah. felt it. Well, I it was at the time I didn't feel anything as adrenaline, but yeah. then my neck started stiffening up. But it wasn't the first time I've been like rolled over and like yeah. I planted on my head. Yeah. But that was the first time where I was like, Ooh, that did, that didn't feel right. So then on the flight back from Guam, which was seventeen hours, Jesus, because I laid I stopped over in Hawaii for a little bit, but I think cumulatively like. I think it's 14 hours, but I think I, I like flew for 17 or something like that. I don't know, but I couldn't sleep because yeah. I was like, oh, I can't get comfortable. <laughs> like I kept moving around. Yeah. So then it's so funny because then, I mean, I say it's funny now, but it's so funny because like, yeah, you know, injuries still happen mm-hmm. and your body still has predisposition to these things because we've put ourselves through the grind, you know, yeah. like it, it, it always feels a little bit lacking when i say stuff like that Mm. because i'm like you know i didn't i didn't go as deeply as i'd like you know i didn't go as far as you did or victor did but we were all in the same room and you know and 
my thing is I still put my body through it. I still yeah, train yeah. with some of the best guys on earth. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, like it would be, it was so normal, normal for us to see guys like DC just walking through the hallway or yeah. like seeing like Luke Rockhold try to like fucking flick us in the back of our head or some yeah, shit. Yeah. You know, it was just normal. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I walked away from that and then I started seeing more things I was like, Oh yeah, that was good privilege. Yeah, <laughs> right. But you know, in the whole walking away thing, um, uh, for me, I I wouldn't say it's it was tough during left when I left. Yeah. But it's funny when I'm training in my gym, right? Uh, I'll listen to a song, an old walkout song that I walked out to, bro. Oh, you got the itch. Yes. <laughs> and then like when I was helping my brother train for his fight, and yeah. And I'm still moving the way I did, if not better. Yeah. And I'm literally like seeing things that I never saw before. So it's like the IQ just kind of like... Yeah, it's maturity. Yeah. And, like, and it's like, I don't... Even the coaches, like old coaches will always, like, every time if I'm hitting pads with them, they'll kind of yeah. bring it up. Like, oh, yeah. do you, like, you, know, like, you want to do, yeah. do one more? Yeah. Yada, yada. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't think I can put uh, all the things that I'm doing on hold just for this. And it's not worth it because I've done it. And I know what it's like. Uh, the thrill of it. Don't get me wrong, bro. Training for a specific date and for a specific oh, opponent. Dude. One of the best feelings in the world. Yeah, because you have purpose. Yeah. You have purpose. No, it's funny you say that because, like, I I, I definitely understand. Because, like, uh, you know, um, my buddy John is basically the man when it comes to the MMA SoCal scene. Like, he knows everybody. So I've I've been introduced to quite a few new fighters and all that. And you just kind of like, man, like, like, you just look at it like, I can still do that. Literally. But then the thing is, you're right. You you can't you can't stop life. Yeah. I'm about to be 33 in March, bro. Like, yeah, it's not that old, sure. Yeah, but look not. at my body fucking breaking down now. You know, like for me to push even more so and pause life the way life is supposed to be. Like, dude, life has pointed me in such different directions. Yeah. You know, I've lived in SoCal for the last five years. And uh, I really wanted to tell you this on camera while it's recording that I'm moving back for a year. Here? Yeah. Fuck yeah, I wanted dude. That. <laughs> That's what I wanted. Yes, baby. <laughs> that was the reaction. Of, I was going to tell you that before we were going to start recording, but I was like, how, how, how funny would it be? How long have I been telling you to come back here? Well, I'm going to move back for a reason. And again, it's it's life. Oh, baby. Um, <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to move back for a reason and it's life. Um, I'm going to start to do a surgical technician program. Oh, shit. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, I love personal training. I'm still going to do it. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, again, as much as I hate lifting, <laughs> I don't actually hate it. I, I say hate because it's like, it's... Love and it, hate. Love and no, hate. No, but it's it's a good it's a good way to get reaction out of people. It's kind of like, oh, okay, yeah. All right, cool. You know me. I like to fuck, I like to poke at people. Poke at, like, ever since, dude. Here, know this. Ever since we have been fighting, oh, I've known this kid since you were 18 years old. And I'm probably the guy in the room. Ask anyone that I train. I'm always fucking with them. <laughs> I'm talking shit so much whenever I'm sparring. Like, I do not shut up the entire time. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, that was pretty good. Oh, nope. Can't touch me there. Oh, mm, that was cute. (laughs) Like, I'm always talking shit because I like seeing the reaction. But I loved even our last sparring session when you came to AK that randomly. We were both fucking with (laughs) each other. Yeah, but it was so funny because I was like, like, oh, I know this guy's in shape and I'm pretty fat, but let's see what he got. And every time we would make each other miss, or when we hit each other, oh, we'd be like, yeah, was like, oh, that was like this it. close. You almost got me. Yes. Oh, man. But, um, yeah, no, oh, I'm. Shit. Um, 
say let me let me go back to two, the two different things. I don't actually hate lifting. I just see it as a chore. Yeah. I see it as something that I have to do because I mean I've been an athlete my whole life. Like mm. I played all like basically every sport in middle school. I played football and basketball. Well, mostly football in high school. Yeah. And then I played one year of college football, well, JUCO. And lifting was just a part of the the regiment. Mm. And you know like like conditioning was always punishment. So I got conditioned to like condition, condition. I got I got taught that like running and doing sprints is a bad thing. Mm. When in reality, it helps you be a better fucking athlete. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I mean by like, you know, like whenever I say I hate it, there's just people just look at me all funny. Like, but you're a trainer. I was like, yeah, but listen, I wasn't always a trainer. <laughs> you know, I played like I, said, I played football. What was necessary? Wait, go to the weight room yeah. at 7 a.m., work out till like 8 o'clock or 8.30. Then I go to class and then go back to the weight room right before you go to practice. Yeah. Like, dude, I'm sick of this shit. <laughs> but the thing is, like, when you get older, it then becomes like a good thing in your mind. Yeah. But then now you're conditioned to understand that it's a chore. Like, ever since my neck started bugging me, um, I started running more because I couldn't really, like, uh, lift upper body. Yeah. But it brought me back to when, remember running was so mindless? I mean, yeah. I don't know if you still run a lot. But I don't. Like, Barely. <laughs> when we were fighting, like, every training camp that I would run, it was just mindless for me. It was like, I just turned everything off and I'm just going. Mm -hmm. And it actually has become cathartic for me now because, like, I was freaking out so bad about my neck that I needed to do something. Yeah. And so I just started running more and more. And it was just like. Okay, like, it started, like, okay, I'm going to do, like, four miles a week, whatever. That's two runs, two miles each, whatever. I think I'm up to, like, eight now. <laughs> in, like, uh, maybe a month. Yeah, like, eight miles a week. And I'm trying to get, like, and, again, I'm pretty heavy. I'm, like, basically, like, 80, 85, 185 right now. Mm. So then I'm getting, like, sub nine-minute to nine-minute miles, and I'm just fucking going. But the thing is, like, I don't feel, like, if I feel like shit that day, Okay, I'll do two miles. Mm. I feel great. Oh, I'm doing this shit fasted yeah. for three miles, and I'm hitting every mile under nine, under nine baby. Yes. Like, I'm going. Yeah. But then it's only because, like, I, you know, I'm, I can't do, if I can't do one thing, I'm going to do another. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, it's just, um, yeah, so I'm moving back for a year because I'm doing a surgical tech program. Uh, again, it goes back to that whole, like, you hit, like, a level of shit. And then you become disciplined and it's really more like I said, I love personal training like I do and I'm still going to do it. I still have clients that want me to program for them or do virtual training or online, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, but uh, I need to do this program because then now instead of having one income, like one, well, I guess one plus tangent incomes from that, mm -hmm. I have another skill set that I'm going to bring in and it. You know, my mom's a nurse. My brother's finishing his master's in nursing. So, it always, it, it kind of lined up nice. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. and the other thing is I do get to come back home for a year because the program is in Milpitas. Like, right now I'm actually Dang. still registered. I'm still registered for a program in Long Beach, which I'm probably going to have to pull out of. <laughs> <laughs> but I made, a, I made up my mind that, like, it's the best case scenario to move back here because, like, one, I don't have to pay rent. You know, yeah. my parents want to bring him back in, so that's cool. Mm -hmm. To the program in Long Beach is 20 months. The program here is 11. 
Uh, <laughs> I know, right? God it's, damn. Yeah, I know, right? It's a it's a nine month difference. So that means one faster to my money, two faster to a new job, three faster mm. to a better insurance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it, it and it's funny because it should be a no brainer, right? I still had to think hard about this because the life I live in in Long Beach, I I love it. I love it there. I have a lot of good friends. I have good mentors that I've I've come to come to 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 gain or to garner. And it's really it's almost like you're walking away from another life. But then, you know, again, talking to like my closest friends, my inner circle and, you know, a couple of my clients who are very successful. Mm-hmm. They're like, sometimes you kind of have to take that that step back in order to take five leaps forward. And it's so funny because like in and going back to the therapy like i keep telling or i told my my therapist i no longer see myself as like an inner child because that was one of the things we worked on i see myself as now two people sitting at a table just like this and you would be the emotional subjective one which everything is like okay ran through emotions and the way that i feel how i feel and and mm-hmm. that 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 opinion matters to the logical rational person that like this has to make sense because if it doesn't, then you are now going to be either, you know, taking in the mistakes or like l- not really learning from this, but like mm. eating up the mistakes of your emotional self. Yeah. And so it's so funny because it was such a difficult thing for me to, to, to really be like moving back home. Yeah. It was so hard for me to do that. But then the thing is, because my pride, my pride was like, dude, you're, you're about to be 33. You're about to move back to your mom's house. Mm. But I'm like, is that what you're doing though? That's not what you're doing. You're moving home because there's an advantageous opportunity there that you can progress your life. And an investment of one year can set you up for the next 10 to 15 of your life. Yeah. few years of your life. So, you know, it, that, that, that to me was just, you know. It, it, it was one of those culminating moments that like, okay, you've been working on yourself so much. Mm. It's time to really apply that. Yeah. Like this is like my first fight, you know, like to really just kind of move on. Cause like, you know, I, one of the things about my personality is I always, I'm very confident. And so in my mind, I'm like, I'm always the man no matter what. Yeah. But the problem with that is that's the subjective guy. That's the emotional guy. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm the man. I got pride. I'm whatever. Whoop, whoop. But then I had to reap the mistakes of that guy with my logical self. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it's like I don't got stacks of cash behind me. You know, I'm still working. I'm still building. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to build. Because, like, I mean, you know, I'm going to get into another thing. But, you know, it it's a lot of work. You know, living in the real world is a lot of fucking work. Yeah, so just like, all right, I got to I got to make sure that I do the right thing. So that's what led me to that, that I'm moving back, you know, for a year or so. Me, uh, most maybe a year and a half, too, because like I want to work, work a little bit, get my feet wet. And, you know, yeah, that sounds so good, <laughs> dude, because it sucks, bro, because like I. Uh, I don't get to see, even though Victor's here, yeah. I, I don't, and like Jeremy's here. And like, yeah. I was seeing Jeremy to the point where I was like, oh, every fucking Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, things have accumulated so much where it's like, damn, man. Like, That's I, life, dude. I know, but it's like, man, like, I, I want to be able to like do like this, but 
outside. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I want to be able to have both. Yeah. Um, so I'm juggling that too, because I'm actually like, I used to see my family every weekend. Now it's like one day out of the weekend. So it's funny you say that. My brother is, is one of my closest friends. Mm. He's finishing his master's uh, in August. And we were having a conversation while I was actually dropping him off to the airport coming here for this week. And he was like, dude, just imagine this. Like if you, this was before I even made up my mind. He said, like, imagine this. Jude, my youngest brother who's going to Oak Grove. He's going to be a senior next year. I'm going to live there, you know, for a bit to save money. And then, you know, cause he's going to be working as an, he's going to be making some like, like that, <laughs> like that. Yeah. He's going to be making some fuck you money, boy. Yes. And But he's going to be living at the house for probably like, you know, probably a year as well to kind yeah. of stack up some money. Of course. And there's me that's going to be doing the program here. Mm-hmm. Our parents get to have all three of their boys yeah, in one roof for a year. Right. Like, I don't have any, like, attachments or anything like that, that will hold me in. So I don't have family, kids, whatever, like. Imagine the joy that my parents will have just having us three. Like, don't get me wrong. There's still going to be their day-to-day things. We're all still going to butt heads because, I mean, obviously, like, I've lived on my own, all that, whatever. But that intrinsic joy of just having your kids around, like, in my mind, I was like, damn, that's, like, that's that's something worth it. Yeah. Especially for them. Like, because the thing is, like, we always think about how, Oh, we're all getting older. Oh man, I'm getting old. Oh man, I'm getting old. Our parents are too, though. Yeah. And their clock is a lot shorter than ours. And so for me, it's like, and that, this is the other thing too. Therapy literally gave me all a lot of these tools, where it was like, really recognize how much people are going to be around, mm. you know, and like just value the people that you have, like. For example, our relationship has hardly changed in the last ten years. It's it's like it's never changed, but five. just but just this. Yeah. Because like every time we talk, it's like nothing changed. Right, right. And that's like, you know, we haven't seen each other since I think the last time that we did this. Yeah. That was like, like over a year ago. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And you know, I just I give you shit on Instagram sometimes. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> every time he posts a. Uh, like something of him hitting pads, I'm like, bro, you're so slow. Yeah, you fucker. <laughs> it's because I've always been faster than him. Shut the fuck up. Even when I was fat. <laughs> oh fuck, dude. But yeah, man, it's like I put a lot of value in the people that I surround myself with because yeah. you know you got to be your own best judge of character. And like I said, I keep going back to therapy, and therapy did that for me. Yeah, because like. Now I can communicate with the people that I that, that I love and like really show that, right? And it's really more, it's more, I guess, opening for me, or like you know, vulnerability. It's always been kind of like you can't be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You can't, and it's not like you can't show feelings. No, 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 no. I think it's people just don't want to be vulnerable or seem like they have, especially men. But it's. For me, bro, like I'm I mean, they say Pisces are very emotional crybabies. <laughs> are you are you are you I, big I'm in astrology? I'm not, but people But call you put me salt that. in it? What do you mean? Like do you put some value in it? I I, I looked it up and I was like, Oh, that's kind of interesting. interesting. Right? Yeah, right. Okay, it's okay. like it has okay. like some traits okay. where it's like, ooh, like yeah, that's that's actually accurate. But I don't go by, oh, you're a squirrel, yeah, yeah, oh, fuck yeah, off. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but it's yeah, like yeah. it's um 
I feel like I was never scared to show my emotions. And then when I, when I hear of other men, like, oh, like I never cry. I'm, I'm always this tough guy, this and that's like, damn dude. Like, you know, though, that another reason why that is, is because of fighting. Yeah. Cause like, I am so unafraid of being unapologetically myself because in my mind, I'm like, (laughs) so what, you know, because the thing is if I'm not hurting anyone and I'm not putting anyone down, yeah, you know, I'm going to be myself, you know, but there's so many people that have to put up a facade. Yeah. You know, like, but the thing is like, why? Well, because they haven't, they haven't taken themselves to that point where your mind has to break. Mm-hmm. along with your body and yeah. i think that's the thing that fighting gave us like my boss ricardo he was in the military yeah and he and i got along so well so fast yeah i get along with a lot of people who've been in the military mm-hmm. because of that yeah and i'm not saying that what we did was anything of like you know relevance to what they're doing no god bless them we get to do all this shit because of them yeah seriously but they understand that like when you get taken to that point of like, I need to fucking quit. Like I want to, and I need to quit. Mm. But then you say no like that. But the thing is a lot of people don't have that. And that's why I'm saying like a lot of people don't know their lane. Yeah. But like, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of people don't know where they, where, where they place in life because the hardest thing they had to do was wake up that day. Yeah. And I don't mean any disrespect by that, but like, you know, it's like if the hardest thing you have to do is wake up, go to work and lift some weights and going lifting some weights is your war, my guy. That's a good life, <laughs> my guy. Life, it could be a lot worse, man. Like, like the whole vulnerability thing, my man. Like I, that's what fighting gave us too. Because mm-hmm. what is fighting? We put ourselves in the most vulnerable spots mm-hmm. ever. And like I remember my uh, second to last fight um, is where I got finished in the first round, mm-hmm. uh, and that was so embarrassing and it was humiliating. And it's funny, bro, because I remember when the guy was getting his hand raised. And I was like, my head was down. And I just like literally said to myself, I oh, man, I'd rather die than lose. Mm. And then at the locker room, I was just crying to Ron, to mm. Coach Hector. Mm. And then the worst part of it all, bro, is like you leave the locker room and you have your whole family and friends waiting for you to hug you and say it's okay, yada, yada. That's the last thing you want to do. But being in that vulnerable spot where it's like, I'm up here in this cage performing in front of all my family and friends i could i could win i could lose i could get bloody or i can die how vulnerable is that yeah the most vulnerable and it's also the most alive yeah right well that's the thing right and i like how you equated being vulnerable and being alive together yeah and that's a physical manifestation of vulnerability Mm. the thing about life is not not everybody gets a stage like that yeah and I actually never thought of it that way as fighting being vulnerable. I always thought of it as an intimate thing. Yeah. But it's interesting that you say that because vulnerability and being alive literally is there is a fine line. Yeah. Because being vulnerable means opening yourself up. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And when you open yourself up, you know, now you have to learn how to filter what goes in, what goes out. Yeah. But then as soon as you understand how to filter what goes in, what goes out, then you feel more alive. You're not just surviving anymore. Yeah. Right. Like. It's in, yeah, that's very interesting. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. it it's like it's almost like a, it's like dying and being alive at the same time. Yeah, you know, and yeah. people don't understand that. Where it's like you sign a fucking piece of paper before you fight, 
say like stating that like if i die like i yeah, can't, i literally well. can't yeah, touch yeah, you guys like yeah. i can't sue you guys i can't yeah, do anything because yeah. you're literally signing your life away and that's so crazy that people just don't understand nobody's ever documented that like on a vlog or yeah, like yeah. on a fight camp or because nothing. the thing is you don't think of that yeah it's the same thing with life there are a lot of things that we don't think about yeah and but we rush to our preconceived notions like you know like how have you grown up here in san jose you know like the things that you know is san jose yeah you know yeah and the thing is sure you've gone to mexico you've probably gone to different places you've kind of you've come and learned some things but at the end of the day you are your mentality is the things that you have grown up with right mm -hmm. yeah and i think that's so beautiful though what you how you mentioned um like when the worst part is leaving the locker room and then the first thing you see is your family telling you it's okay i don't know why to me that's beautiful because the thing is like yeah, you just lost, right? Yeah. But in every fight, there's a winner and a loser. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How you win, how you lose almost doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, remember, my one, I went three and one. <laughs> but my only loss, my only loss was when I got my eyelids put open. Yeah, that's bullshit. And you guys were... You were dominating. Yeah, yeah, you were dominating. You <laughs> but, but that's the thing, though. Like, everybody... It, it, this is so funny uh. because everyone that... Like whenever I come back to San Jose, everybody remembers Joey the fighter. Yeah. Like the the guy who went and did yes. it, right? And how like you guys are like since I was in the room with you guys day in day out, like guys, you just know like what I can do. Yeah. Like what I guess what I can and cannot do, but what I can do. And I always talk about how like I remember the best thing, or the funniest thing you ever said was like, "I hate when you're in shape." I was like, "Why?" Yeah, dude. <laughs> I was like, you were like, you were like, I hate when you're in shape. I was like, why? And it was like, cause you don't stop. And I was like, so bro, it's sparring. I remember those days where it was like, you were just, <laughs> there were times cause like leading up to camp, it was like, everybody kind of starts off like, fuck, like we're all yeah. gas. We're all getting tired. But when this day of sprints, when the miles are being put in, we're all getting in shape. And then you're fucking ass. Cause you really have like a really great IQ when it comes to fighting. And then correlating that to it being in shape, it sucks. Yeah, I just so. wasn't. I wasn't in shape for like sixty percent of the year, but for those forty percent, oh man, <laughs> I was a menace. <laughs> but that was the one that was fun. I mean, for me, because then Fuck. I was like, yeah, I'll go another round. Yeah, yeah, sure, let's go. I'll go again. Yeah, why not? I'm tired, but it's alright. I'll go again. <laughs> Bro, you think about it. Remember, we used to spar three times hard oh, i only sparred twice really I only sparred, yeah i because i was i was working fridays yeah so then and the thing is apparently nobody shows up showed up on fridays I remember it, going, it, it died down yeah it died i down. remember going to like one or two fridays and i was like this isn't even worth it like i might as well just go train like jujitsu or like go hit pads on a friday yeah i think and, i overly showed up because i was i felt like well, i was so behind no, but it's because you were young and you were eager, man. Like, that's all it was. It wasn't as if you were behind. Like, you were never that far oh, behind. Shit. If anything, you leapfrogged a bunch of other people that were there, like, skill-wise. It's kind of funny, bro. I was the guy, uh, I was like the wimp growing up as a kid. Really? I never defended myself. I, I always huh. avoided fights. I was never the tough guy. I was like the, like the, the wimp. Yeah. And then it's funny. All my friends literally say to this day, how the fuck did you end up being a pro fighter? <laughs> and it's so true because I was the guy who would literally like, just talk my way out of it, mm. you know, avoid it at all costs. Yeah. And I just got into fighting because I was like, oh, I'm tired of being fucking picked on. Yeah. And then when you're dangerous you you kind of understand that like everybody's dangerous yeah everybody yeah. has the capability yeah. of like being dangerous especially in fighting dude, dude the guy i lost to was like oh and three or something i gave him yeah. i gave him his first dub yeah I literally gave it to him <laughs> yeah you know but like your fucking eye yeah. 
Hey, shit, dude. At least I could see. Yes. <laughs> that when was you, the thing. When you come moving to San Jose, are you planning to um, do some training when it comes to like you know the, the MMA? Yeah, yeah, like dude. That? Of course. Yeah, yeah I'm still gonna train jiu too. Like yeah. so long as my neck is good. I have a plan of action for my neck already. So long as my neck is good, I'll train. Dude, I yeah. can't stay away from it. Yeah. And the thing is, like, right now sitting down in this chair, uh, I feel like tingling and pressure in my hand. Are you fucking yeah. serious? It's so. I think I mentioned it before. The camera camera started rolling. I have stenosis. So yeah. what it is is like the disc in your vertebrae between my C six C seven is pushing into the nerve that goes down my arm. Yeah. So. I have legit pain and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really good at masking it, but I, I have legit pain coming. And that's why you kind of see me like doing this. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm pretty sure who, if this is like on a YouTube channel, it is going on yeah, YouTube. If it's on YouTube, they're going to see me kind of doing this shit. Cause I'm trying to like adjust myself to where it doesn't hurt as much. Okay. But the pain that I'm feeling or like what I'm feeling is I don't really feel anything on my neck. It's really more, my tricep feels pain, like numb, dull pain. I feel pressure in my forearm, like somebody's holding onto it like this. And I feel like pressure in my hand. And then if I sit too long in a specific way, the tricep fires up and then my, uh, my hand gets a little tingly. Damn, dude. Yeah. So that's why, like, you know, I, I know I, I got shoulder surgery. I, I'm going to have to get that disc replaced in like two, three years or so. It's funny, bro. When people maybe have two like, years, maybe less than that. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> when, when people have, uh, injuries like uh -huh. this, um, they go to like obviously the medication to make them you know feel mm -hmm. better um and then like you always hear those stories of people getting addicted to that medication. yeah 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 are, are you aware of that well, i'm obviously. well aware of it yeah. but the thing is like i'm not really uh, i don't chase that mm -hmm. i don't chase that like kind of addiction again it kind of goes down to like i know what makes me feel good and what makes me feel good is just being around people that i like yeah. Or like you know, people that make me feel like myself. Um, I I mean shit. I have, I have two prescriptions of muscle relaxers. Yeah. One from one doctor who was my client, and then another one who was prescribed by a neurologist. I barely pop it. Yeah. Like I'll pop it if it's really ba bad. Mm -hmm. I have a uh, uh, nerve medicine, gabapentin, and that thing. Like I'm out, dude. Yes. Swear to God, dude. I think the first night I try, I, I took it because like I told my neurologist, I was like, "Hey, I'm having a really hard time sleeping, and I don't really want to smoke weed or like take edibles or anything like that anymore." Well, I mean, I still smoke weed, but I don't want to do it as often. She's like, "Okay, I'm gonna prescribe you this." And then my first night, I was like in bed watching TV, and I popped it, and then I was like chilling, chilling, chilling. Next thing you know, I wake up at like five in the morning because <laughs> my alarm's going off, and I'm like the TV still on and the lights are still on. I was yeah. like, shit, I, I knocked out. And I was like, oh man. But I don't, I, I, I mean, I can see how other people would be addicted to that or addicted to like that feeling of like escape, release, whatever. But again, it's funny because, you know, I feel like we go in and out of the tension of it, right? But yeah. it goes back to when we were fighting, you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. So you can't break as easy. Yeah. Does this hurt? Oh, absolutely, it hurts. Yeah. But it doesn't hurt to the point where I can't do something. Yeah. And so if I can do something about it, then I, I guess I'm fine. Yeah. Now, is that going to be bad for when I'm 10 years from now? We'll find out. We'll do another episode of that. 
are you are you worried that uh, it may get to that point? Because we 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 obviously bump into like older adults, whether they're firemen, old mm. uh, military personnel, or old fighters, and they're like Larry, perfect example. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't actually. Um, one of my friends, we went and watched <laughs> Black Panther the other day, and was like, "Did you ever think that this is how it was going to be afterwards?" And I, we were walking, and I literally stopped and was like. Fuck, no, I didn't. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean by that? The movie or just... No, 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 no. Like, your body. Oh. Did you ever, like, did it ever cross your mind while you were fighting? Yeah. That your body would be in this, 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 like, this, whatever's happening. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. All this, all this pain. <laughs> and I was just like, I literally stopped to think. I was like, no. Yeah. No. Because, like, all you were thinking about was, I'm going to be this guy. You know, I'm going to be the best at this. I'm going to be, I'm going to get to my goal. Yeah. It didn't matter how I got there. I'm going to get there. But yeah, I mean, I, uh, I don't ever see myself being like, um, you know, like that decrepit or that like hindered because I'm taking all the steps to take care of myself. Or at least I'm taking most of the steps to yeah. take care of myself. And sure, my body may act up, but then the thing is like, you know, there's holistic ways and there's scientific ways to go about things, you know? Like, yeah. And it's really about get moving, eat well, be happy, whatever happy is for you, mm-hmm. and keep good people around you. Yeah. If you have those four things, I think no matter if you're not able to walk or whatever, you have Parkinson's, whatever the case may be. And the only reason why Parkinson's came up in my head is I thought about Ali. Because mm. he's right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or no. Oh, yeah, he did have Parkinson's. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and so does um, Freddie Roach. Roach. Yeah. yeah. But, like, look, they're still living their best lives. Well, I mean, RIP to legend, but yeah. look, Freddie Roach is still living. Still doing the damn exactly. thing. Exactly. It's crazy. Now, the thing is, you won't see me looking, shaking, my hand shaking and holding pads. I'm not even holding. I use paddles now. Yeah, isn't that that's so much smarter, man? Yeah, dude. dude. All that impact. Yeah, you. dude. No, bro. Like, shout out to one of my clients. I think he <laughs> broke my finger once upon a time. Are you fucking yeah, serious? I, I had winning, dude. I had the winning pads, the the pillows. Yeah. And I I was like, all right, I'm gonna catch. I'm like, okay, go ahead, right hand. And he threw it a little late, and his hand just fucking oh, punches through my finger. Fuck. And I'm pretty sure it's been broken since. But, like, it's probably healed now. But, yeah. honestly, it don't feel good. <laughs> Damn, dude. Yeah, but it's, that's a funny thing. Like, I mean, that's just a bad placement when it comes to, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was, just, it was, it was just bad timing. Yes. And the thing is, like, okay, funny enough. Like, because, obviously, like I said, I am, you know, I'm doing online training with some of my clients and all that. And to to promote some of that, like, I'm going to put up some of the, the pad holding stuff, even though I'm not going to yeah. be able to do it. Yeah. Um, where's I going with that? <laughs> oh, uh, no. Um, you can definitely tell the difference. It's like with people who are never going to be doing that stuff, like fighting mm. or like they, 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 they more see it for, for what it is, which is like a sport and all that versus guys who actually dove into it. Yeah. Like us, we went in head first. Like you can tell the student from the fighter. Yes. And there are a lot of students who want to be fighters, but don't realize that to be a fighter, there's so many things that has to happen. Yeah. Like you, you know, I always talk about the worst things. Well, I always say that the worst thing is the leading up to it. 
Mm. Like being a fighter is cool as shit. Yeah. Yeah. But will you do the 15 miles a week? I knew some guys who would run 10 miles a day. Yeah. A day. And I'm like, dog, 10 miles a day? Where do you find the time? Have you ever reflected uh, on what we did? Because we talk about it so much, but that's why, bro, every time I have one of my former teammates here, I look at them, every every single one of them, I look at them and I'm like, I'm not worried about you guys because what we did, if you literally look at what we did daily, it's probably one (laughs) of the most hardest things in the world, bro. We like, we were suffering with a smile on our face. Yeah. Think about that. I was laughing though. That, see my point, but see my <laughs> point though. So I kind of I I reflect on that and I kind of take it out onto the other shit. Because like this podcast, sometimes this thing fucks up. Yeah. Whether it's my editing software or something fucks up. Oh, I'll just adjust. I'll yeah, that's yeah. just like anything else. And yeah. obviously it's fucking annoying. It's nagging. It's like, God damn it. Like I'd rather yeah. just be smooth sailing. It's not realistic though. Yeah. Right? Life will literally just fucking hit you in the nutsack and you can't do shit about it. Well, it's funny you say that because like I work with people, right? Mm. And it's interesting because like I teach kickboxing classes and I have a bunch of regulars now. And the thing is, I always tell them that, man, you're doing a great job. Like in my mind, you're doing a great job. Yeah. Because the standard at which I hold you at is a great job. Yeah. But if you're trying to tell me like, hey, Joey, I want to... I want to fight MMA. I'm like, well, you better fucking clean that shit up. Because <laughs> the thing is, like, I like it's funny how you say that. You're like, do I reflect on the things we've done? Yeah, I do. Because, like, you know, like I said, I, I've seen the duality of it. People who do it for fun because they like it. Mm. And we did it for fun because we liked it. But we also invested ourselves in it. Yeah. And there's a that's the difference. We said right. no to everything else. Right, yes right, to that. right, right. And we weren't distracted, so to speak. Like we had one course yeah. and we chose that course and only that course. Because if we didn't choose that course, we weren't going to get what we wanted out of it. Now, obviously, life is a bigger life is bigger than that. Mm. And yeah, so it's like it's interesting because, you know, like I said, I, I teach I teach now and you know, I'm very vocal about things. I try to get to know my people. And it's just interesting because it's, you know, when you see regular people doing it and you see that they get happy about it, it reminds you of when you were like doing that too. Yeah. But then I swear when people are like, oh, I think I can do this. I'm like, I, I, I hope you, you try, Yes. you know, try it. But also in the back of my mind, I'm like, bro, <laughs> I don't know if you want that smoke. <laughs> yeah, because it's a different life. Yeah, it's such a different life. There's a lot of sacrifices, and like I said, I'm always gonna bark at the fact that, like, hey, I wish I could have gone deeper, but I didn't go deeper in the water. I went yeah. deep, but not that deep. I mean, I always say that to myself too. I like, I could have gone deeper. Yeah, I literally was like, damn, I could have done this. I could have done that. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. fuck, but I I left the way I wanted to leave. I feel like that's a thing that I have. I've had some issue with until recently, until my body really started telling me like, bro, you need to calm the fuck down. Mm. It's like, I didn't get to leave on my, on my discourse or like yeah. on my own, on yeah. my own terms. Cause I mean like, yeah, I just think about like what could have been a little bit, you know, yeah. but that's okay. Like Tyson Fury had this video on Instagram where he was like, the past is the past. You can't change that. The future is the future. You can't control that. No, me, I was the present. And I'm like, damn, 
when he said that, I was like, damn, this dude definitely doesn't have CTE. Good for you. <laughs> hey, do you do you do you worry about that? By the way, a little bit, because um, like I mean, this is great exercise for me right now. Yes, because like we're, like we talk right, but then I kind of go on tangents, and then the best thing for me is like kind of finding myself back into where I was, and like I, I honestly am having like a slight conversation. I'm like, bro, you keep going off tangent. <laughs> you you're like you're literally talking out your ass. That's but, the whole but, no. But the thing is, like, I want to have like like cohesiveness of what I'm trying to say because I'm like, yo, like. I want it to be where, like, it's easier to follow, right? Well, but that, the that's thing the is, thing. You feel like that now, but when you listen back to it, you're like, that you're was not, at a yeah, flow. You're not wrong that was at yeah, flow. Because yeah. right now, I feel that with us, we're in flow. Yeah, well, you because know? we're talking. We're, we're, we're basically catching up. Yes. I guess if you weren't already watching it, we haven't seen each other in a year. This is literally me catching up with him. Like, you know how that meme where it's like, oh, when you're an adult, you have to schedule to meet up with your old friends? This is that. <laughs> I know, dude. Like, I... This is like one of my favorite things to do, honestly, just because I, we would talk just like this. Yeah. If there was none, if of, there this, was no, none of this shit, yeah, I'd probably way. be louder though. <laughs> Cause I'm trying to, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm talking about some heavy shit in some of these things, but I'm yes. like, but when it comes to like, and if there was a beer involved, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Bro, and I know yeah. I'm not trying to drink as much, but I'm just saying though, this is, this is a beer moment. Like, Hey, I haven't seen you in a year. You're yeah. my boy. You're my little brother. Like, you know, again, if you didn't see the last the last time I did this, I've known this kid, seventeen. Did you come in seventeen? 17. So we had this thing. <laughs> That's ten years ago. That's ten years ago. He loves this story. We had the green light. When Myron tells you it's green light. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so this kid comes in, and I mean, I guess you could call it enforcing. <laughs> really, more it's like. Shit. I was part of the welcoming committee for anybody that's like 155 and below. Might have been. Yeah, 155 because it was. We all the same height. So yeah, yeah. yeah, Because Jory was 170 and above. Yeah. 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 (laughs) 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 So for anybody that fought at 155 pounds or wanted to fight 155 pounds and below, I had to welcome them. But there was a little caveat to that. If one of our coaches, Coach Myron, would tap you on the shoulder before the round. He goes, green light. First thing I'll ask is, are you sure? He's like, yeah. Okay. What green light is, is you treat it like a fight. Yeah. And you just go. You nonstop go. Because you are trying to see if this kid or this person, this guy, is going to actually stick to it. And want to fight. Yeah. Because you want to take him so deep into the water that will they show up the next day? Will they show up the day after that? Will they show up the day after that? Will they show up the week after that? I think I had you, what, three straight rounds? That first day? Yeah. Yeah. That first day, (laughs) I mean, this could quit. Not like quit bad, like, oh, I'm done. But like, you see that face. The face face where like, uh, I, don't know what shit. To, I don't know what to do. Like, yeah. uh, I bit off more than I get you. Ah, uh, this is bad. Ah, uh, yeah. shit. I got into that point and I was like, well, this kid's not coming back. Because <laughs> I put a beating on him right now. Yes. Like, it wasn't like you were bloody or anything. It was just, I tried to break you. Yeah. And you showed up that Wednesday. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, kid. I'll turn it up a little more then. 
And then I got the green light again. Yeah. And then that that time I took you down, and I think I just fucking yeah. I, I think I just wailed on you yeah. while you were down for like three rounds straight. And then obviously I didn't go on Fridays. And then the next week I see you again on Monday, and I'm like, oh, I like this kid. Yeah, he can take it. And that Monday, you fought, like, you know, I think it was only, like, one exchange where you fought back. Mm. Like, you fought back well. And I was like, I like this kid. Yeah. I like this kid. I've noticed that in the pro room, too, bro. Um, when I first went into that room, in yeah. the amateur room, I knew the couple of guys who were the OGs. Yeah. And it was because the way you guys walked and because yeah. the way you guys talked. Yeah. And I was, like, I was so nervous and I was so shy because, like, like I said, bro, I wasn't that confident kid back then. Yeah, yeah. Especially when a fucking AK, that's yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, so dude, it's intimidating. <laughs> when, I, when I was with you guys and then when I saw the coach, Myron, say, oh, you're going to go with him, you. <laughs> and I was like, okay, obviously he's an OG. Obviously he's experienced. Obviously he has a fucking fight. So I was already, like... That, that thing where mentally defeating yourself, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? So, <clears throat> and I remember when I even tried out in the pro room, it was the same shit how I approached you. Yeah. I was mentally defeating myself because they put me against Bunch to try out for the tryouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, fuck, Bunch is a fucking OG. He's been here. Yeah, yeah. And I just literally just beat my ass. Yeah. And then I had to reevaluate so much. And then yeah. I retried out and it was Bunch again. And this time I fought back. Yeah. It was different. Yeah. That was the week after. I remember I remember it was an exchange where you kind of clipped me with a hook and I was like, okay, kid came to play today. And then you just stuck around. <laughs> Bro, I fucking hated it when I did hit you and you kind of gave me that, hmm, okay. Yeah, because <laughs> I was just back. like, well, because in my mind I was like, okay, well, if you're going to do that, then I'm going to do this and then kind of fire back at you a little harder. Because, I mean, it was just a Shit. game in my head. Yes. I was just playing everything like a game. Like, it honestly, like... <laughs> Whenever, and this is where, like, I remember one of, uh, uh, Steph, she owns Luch and you know how I like actively do, did and still do jujitsu tournaments. Mm -hmm. She was like, Joey, why do you always want to make things more exciting? <laughs> oh, fuck. So Cause I, no, she was like, I remember her telling me like, yeah, you could be winning a match and then you just kind of like, you like take your foot off the gas. And I'm just like, I'm not taking my foot off the gas. I'm getting bored. <laughs> <laughs> But that's it's bad. So but, the, true. but that's the thing, though. Like, I think had I not really had that complex, like while I was fighting, where I was just on it all the time, maybe I would have done better. Yeah. I mean, not that I didn't do bad. I think it was just I could have gone deeper because then, you know, it would have been less time to fuck around. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of how it was. Like, I think the only time I ever really sparred <laughs> like serious and like focused was every single round of Victor. Because I always had to deal with one, how athletic he was, two, how long he was, and three, like he was smart. He was sm a smart fighter that had all these tools. And I'm just like, I have to outsmart you every single time. I had to outsmart him because I couldn't out athletic him too fucking fast. Yeah, I couldn't not athletic him. And I had to outsmart him every single time. And I was just like, and at the time, it was like, I wasn't like a wealth of knowledge. I knew what I wanted to do and what yeah. I was doing, but it wasn't like, oh man, I'm like sharp and all this shit, right? It, it wasn't until after my third fight that I felt like I was super sharp. Yeah. Like when everything was short, like, or sorry, slow. Like, I remember my fourth fight, everything was so slow for me. And like, it's so funny because I thought I would I would have been able to finish that guy. But because I remember that first round... <laughs> This is more of my character. <laughs> I remember that first round. I 
like they always they always tell us to hit him with a stiff jab. I hit this dude with the stiffest jab I've ever thrown in a fight. His mouthpiece falls out. I remember getting or like I'm like ready like this. I looked at his mouthpiece fell out. I put my hands on it and I pointed to pick your shit up. Dang. While the ref was right there. So yeah. the ref got in the middle and I was like, pick your shit up. Yeah. And then I was I was winning all the exchanges that first round. Mm-hmm. And it was just like there's video on this. Yeah. It's true. I'm not making this shit up. Because I saw myself go like this, and I'm like. So, yeah, whenever I get, like, in that nice flow, some, sometimes I get a little, like, not bored, but just, like, okay, yeah, now I'm winning. Like, I'm ahead, whatever. So yeah. then you give them room to come back. Yeah. And that was always a kind of a bad habit. Yeah, I had, yeah. like, that fight, the one where I fought in the belt. Yeah. That's the first fight I ever felt like, oh, I have fucking swag. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah, where yeah. I was, like, I remember. I had too much swag then, I no, guess. <laughs> like, I, I, like, touched gloves, and I was already, like, wiggling. Yeah. I was all, like, loosey-goosey. Yeah. I was free. I remember when you weren't, dude. I remember when I had to, like, kind of talk that into your head. Yeah. Or, like, a, dude, you got to fucking relax. Like, you, funny enough, now that you're talking about it, you've always put a lot of pressure on yourself. Yeah. Why is that? Because I'm surrounded by so many people who are better than me. Right. So why are you comparing yourself? This is your therapy session. <laughs> yeah, dude. But it, no, it's so fucking true though. Like, but that, I still do that to this day yeah. where I'm surrounded by people who are better than me. But now, now it's like, I ask you questions. Right. right I right. don't compare now. Cause okay. if I'm, if I'm looking at like, say Victor, yeah. I look at Victor as multiple steps ahead of me. I mm-hmm. ask him questions. How do I do that? How do I get here? How do I do this step? How do I get to this tactic? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. am picking his brain. Same thing with you. Like you're an older brother of mine. So there's your, I consider you here. I hold you to a very, very high standard. So I, it's my job to pick your guys's brain. Yeah. I'm not here to look at you like, he has more fights than me or yeah. like, why does he have more money than me? That's yeah. not my thing. Back yeah. then when I was a fighter, I would walk into every fucking room, jujitsu, wrestling, sparring. Like you're always whole, very eager. Yeah. I will say that. But I, I was always surrounded by people who were just fucking yeah. better than me. And then, and then like, the reflection part of it you look back at it you're just like that was so fucking necessary yeah like i needed that i needed to get my ass whooped daily yeah because if i didn't i'd be like this i'm good yeah, I'm nobody good. can touch yeah. me i'm Dude, good no fuck that it's shit like, like, it's like that that saying like you don't ever want to be the smartest person in the room yes right yeah and it's always good to contribute something mm. but it's always better that someone else is there to like hey like yeah Listen, slow down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's one of the things I, I really came to learn, especially, like I said, why life is hard. Like, I came to learn about that with just my boss, Ricardo. He is one of my mentors and probably one of the smartest guys I've ever met. And I hold whatever he says as law. Yeah. Because I'm like, whenever I talk to him, I'm just like, all right, cool, that makes sense. Like, yeah. all right, cool. Like, he always has this, like, disposition of just like calm like the dude is just calm no matter what and that's just one of the people that like whenever i talk to him another one of my clients too um well one of my clients who was one of my mentors ryan proudy he is working or he owns a company he's a digital image technician but he works in movies and dude is getting phone calls from like you know big time directors like he worked on that one movie with jake gyllenhaal and antoine fuqua where he's a dispatcher that was on Netflix. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And um, guilty or something like that. Yes, guilty. that was yeah, a yeah. good ass movie. And um, 
Jake Gyllenhaal actually went on Fallon and like was like, yeah, this is the van that Antoine like directed in. That's my client's van. Dang. Yeah. So he had like free advertisement on a prime time or like a night time, late night sh- talk show. Yeah. And so I talked to him a lot. He, he he's also one of the people that kind of pushed me into uh, going to therapy. Because he was like, man, maybe this will help you out. I'm not, we actually see the same therapist. Yeah. Again, shout out Myra. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 cool because like, you know, it, you would think that being super successful and all that fixes things. No. It doesn't. No. It, you know, we all grow up different ways. We all have things that, that we have growing up. Like more recently, one of my best friends reminded me of myself. And he was like, dude, like, you didn't grow up here. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't grow up in the United States. I was born in the Philippines. Yeah. I grew up on Guam. And then I moved to California when I was 16. So that means from like, let's say from when I was 9 till I was 16, my mind was like how I was on Guam. So all the nuances and everything yeah. was from Guam. And that's why whenever I meet somebody from Guam, like, oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. We get it. But then at 27, I move over to Long Beach. Now, that means from 16 to 27, it's Bay Area mixed with Guam. So those are like San Jose, really. San Jose and Guam, I mean, I guess Bay Area too. So the nuances and the behaviors and the thought process are not the same as that. Mm. So the last five years, I've been living in Long Beach, minus the COVID years, so let's say four years. The last two years that we've been reintroduced back to the wild, it's been like, oh man, like I actually don't know how to to communicate with people here as well as I'd like. Or like it's harder for me to find those like those connections. Mm. But then again, like when I started to learn how to communicate better, you know, um, it just made sense that like, oh shit. I actually don't speak the same language as you people. <laughs> <laughs> like we move different. Cause it's yeah. so funny. Cause like everybody's, Oh, Joey, he likes to dance. Oh, Joey, he likes to party. Oh, he yeah. likes to have fun. And I'm like, there's like a whole ass region of people like me where if there's like, for example, going out, going out in, in Long Beach, like, well, second street, I guess like there's only like a couple of clubs in Long Beach and people don't really dance. Mm-hmm. People don't really, like, they'll talk and drink and like, kind of like it just mingle. Wait. They mingle, they yeah. mingle, they lounge. That's hilarious. <laughs> but here it's like as soon as something goes on, something it's will be like everybody's like, hey, like, sex on the dance yeah, floor. Yeah, it's crazy. Like everybody just wants to dance. Like it could be like your house party here that one time. Like everybody yeah. was like, like there was a place where people were talking. There's a place where people were dancing. But yes. like in like in Long Beach, everybody just kind of like hangs around. Yeah. And I'm like, that's cool, man. But like, <laughs> like, where is this? Like, let's have a little fun. So that to me, it's like, when I learned that, when I came to realization of that, I was like, oh, there's nuances to this. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. That's cool. Like, I get it. So then now I'm like, okay, well, good thing I'm moving back home for a year, I guess. When are you moving, by the way? Uh, I'm planning to move back by February, but I need to know what the, what, when, the when the program starts. That's okay. really the, the number one thing. But I'd like to give myself like maybe a month to kind of decompress and just kind of get get myself mentally prepared for that. So hopefully the program starts in like March or something. But if it doesn't start in March and it starts a little later, I'm still going to probably come home by February because just to save money on rent. Yeah. And um, 
yeah man i mean i'm looking forward to it it's a it's a new chapter to it's a new chapter but in a familiar place and like to me that's probably one of the more healing things i guess because like i said like I didn't realize how much of an immigrant mentality I had. Like, I'm a citizen now, yeah. right? But I didn't realize how much of an immigrant mentality I had until I really started, like, peeling back layers. And yeah. again, going back to the whole therapy, I think that's the most healthy thing that you can do. Like, I think everybody should go to therapy. Yeah, man, because I've, I've been... I'm very open with, like... Mm-hmm with all my stuff that kind of happens within my life, but I feel like it's important to be challenged by somebody who's a professional. Right. You know, and the thing too, about like therapy, mental health, whatever case may be, you have to be ready for it. Yeah. Cause the thing is, if you're not ready for it, it's, it, you, it might take you to a place that you won't, like you won't feel like you're, you're gaining something. Yeah. But in reality, you're gaining something, but it's growing pain. Mm. You know, yeah. like I just see a yeah. lot of people who kind of question like, oh, what is what is mental health or what is men's mental health? Like, why do we need that or whatever? Yeah. And I'm like, it's not for you. It's for if you have plan to have kids someday. But at the same time, it is for you mm. because you have to be OK in the brain that you're living in, yeah. because like I tell my my clients all the time that this is where like the fitness, wellness, mental health comes in. I tell all of my clients, like, you have a person piloting this mechanism in your head. Mm -hmm. But that person piloting it has to be in a nice open space. Yeah. Because if you're not in a nice open space, you're not going to think clearly. And you're not going to communicate clearly. Like, I've never been a good communicator. Yeah. Well, let me rephrase that. I've never (laughs) been a good communicator when it comes to interpersonal relationships, one-on-one relationships. Whether it be with women, my parents, my brothers at, at some point, my friends. Mm. And I say that because I've always had difficulty trying to get myself to to express what it is I feel. Mm. Like with fighting with you guys, it was easy because it was safe. It was a safe space for me. Yeah. Because we all knew what we were there for. We all had one purpose. We all had one goal. And we knew that it was going to take work. Therefore, we need to listen to each other. We need to... The, remember, the thing is, you're you're only as strong as the guy, the weakest person in the room or whatever. Like, yeah. everybody in the room helps each other get better. Mm-hmm. But, like, we all knew our place. Yeah. Right? But when it comes to people, that's not a normal thing to, yeah. to have a thought of. Because not everybody has the same goals. Not everybody has the same, same intentions. Not everybody has the same purpose. Mm-hmm. And that's where conflict happens. But if you don't know those first three things, you don't know why the conflict happens. You just see the conflict. Yeah. So to me, that's, that was the importance of it. And like, that's why I asked you earlier, like you put a lot of pressure on yourself. Why is that? Mm. I really wanted to know what it was like, whether it be because you want to strive for something more or you feel as if this is something you have to do because we're actually not supposed to have to do anything. No, we're supposed to live, right? No. Like, think of it this way: average person lives what, like eighty something years old. Mm. Okay, the world's like billions of years old. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I mean, think of it this way, dude. Like, 
there's a new generation right now, Gen Z. I think you're Gen Z, right? You're 20. Oh, no, you're not. 27. No. Yeah, no, no, you're a millennial. Um, but, like, look at how Gen Z is changing the world, basically. Yeah. Right? And I'm not saying for the better, for the worse. That's that's perspective. Like, if you are on the side where it benefits you and your group of people, great. If it's on the side where it questions your beliefs of you and your people, then I see how that's problematic, too. But look at them fucking coming together to try and change certain things about our, the structure of society, yeah. you know? And for me, where I stand, it's like, I see that you're making a brighter future for everybody. Now, obviously, there's always going to be pushback to that. And there's always going to be a struggle for that because it may seem maybe right now to me, but what if in 10 years, it's not yeah. that we've let go a little too much, mm. right? So who am I right now in... November 23rd, 2022, to say that what they're doing in November 22, uh, 23, 2022 is going to be bad for November 23, 2042. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because times change, man. Like, that's the thing. Like, everything is so fluid, right? We Things change all the time. The more you push back at change, kind of like what you were saying earlier, with if something's going wrong with the thing, like, ah, it's annoying. Ah, it's nagging me. Ah, the more you push back at that, it's supposed to just be like, you know what? Okay, we can work with that. Yeah. If you don't have that openness, dude, oh my God, you're going to get left behind and you're going to be mad. Yeah. And then you won't know why you're mad. And then you're just going to be like other people who are just mad for no reason. Yeah. You man. know, and again, goes back to the whole the trigger shit, the being offended shit. Like, why are you being offended? Yeah. Are you being offended because you're being defensive or are you being offended because it actually is offensive? Yes. That's like the fucking struggle right now. Which is hilarious to me. Because I'm just watching it on the other side like, why are y'all doing that? Yeah. <laughs> Bro, I had a I had a good experience over this because um, I really like to study the Stoics. Mm. Uh, because they speak about that a lot. When mm. like, don't, the only the only way like people can hurt you is if you let them. Mm. And I like, carry that philosophy with yeah. me. So I remember I threw a party here uh, recently. This was like a couple months ago. And then I was turned on the music. It was over. I was like, guys, cut it. Like, everybody go to sleep. Like, I'm tired. Yeah, Fucking yeah. 3 a.m. Yeah. And then the music goes back on while I'm already in bed. Oh. So I'm like, ooh, who's trying to fuck with me right yeah. now? So <laughs> like, hey, it was a family relative. Okay. And trying to test me, trying to bullshit with me. Okay. Oh. You know what I mean? So I'm like, dude, don't act all fucking tough because all your fucking friends are here. Yeah, yeah, Literally. Yeah. And then my uncle's there. Yeah. And he's drunk. Yeah. He gets defensive over the way I'm speaking to this person. Because uh, so you're my face. Because mm, you're the younger one, and you're not supposed to be doing that. No, I'm the older one. Oh, okay. Oh, and, yeah. So, okay. and I go to a hallway where my room is because I'm telling my co my co girl cousins like, hey, just go go to sleep. Everything's fine. Yeah, and yeah, my yeah. uncle's coming to the hallway, like trying to come at me, like okay. fast. Like you know how people when yeah, they walk yeah, towards you fast. Drunk, yeah. So I see him walk. I was like, ooh, okay. I put my hands behind my back, and I just yeah. kind of give him that look, like that little smirk, like, all right, I'll wait. I'll wait to see what you do. And yeah. then he gets to me, close to close, like face yeah, to face. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, what? And he's saying all this shit that you could possibly say to but, trigger somebody. Yeah. And then my cousin's best friend, she was looking at me and I saw her like the way she was looking at me. And then when he went away, when he got pushed away by his wife, by my aunt, I was like hilarious. I was like, bro, if I wanted to get to, I can get to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then after like they left, she like looked at me. She's like, I can't believe you didn't do anything. And I was like, I don't you didn't need, need to. to. I don't need to. Yeah. Like the fact that I made him react like the way I did. By doing simply nothing, yeah. that means I have total control over him. Yeah, I got him like this. Yeah. So, it's it's like um, there's there's difference between boys and men. Yeah, yeah. You know, men 
I feel like some know how to like harness their emotions. Yeah. The boys, you know, they react and it shows. So I'm like, mm. and that's the thing too. I, I like that you brought that up because like harnessing emotions, what people don't understand about emotions. Like I told you, I, in my mind, there's always the emotional subjective. And then there's a rational objective person that sits like this. Mm. It's just like any skill. You have to work on it all the time. But it's also like any skill, you have to struggle with it at first. And I think, you know, just kind of the differences of like boys and men. I think those who we have both. Yeah. You know, you know, I mean, as people, we have to have both. like men, the male species. You have to have both because the thing is you have to almost be in touch with that boy side of you where it's yeah. like, hey, like I have to be curious. I have to learn. I have to. You know, sometimes kind of press the fuck it button if I need to. Yeah. But that guy has to be like 20% of who you are. Maybe even 10. Because if that 80-90% of you knows that like, you know, let's say something so minuscule like road rage. Mm. You're late for something. And I have somewhat of a road rage. I don't really have it anymore, but I have somewhat <laughs> of it. I'm not even joking about yes. that. It used to be so fucking bad. But now I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, <laughs> the... Like something so small like that, like, you know, say you're going down the street, whatever. And you're like, oh, fuck, dude, what are you doing? Like you're driving like a fucking idiot. Yeah. The fuck out the way. And if you let that emotional boy side of you or like, you know, high temper or like high temper or whatever, you roll your window like, what the fuck's wrong with you, bro? Blah, blah, blah. And pulls out a gun. Yeah. Okay. Now what are you going to do? The all for what? Yeah. All for what? Because the dude was driving slower than you. Yeah. Now that's an extreme. Okay. Now let's take it even more simple. Say you're talking to a friend of yours and you disagree with what they have to say. I love those. Right? I love those conversations. But the thing is, if you disagree with what they have to say and it triggers you enough, then it becomes a confrontation. It's not a conversation anymore. Yeah. But if you harness your emotions, like how you, I, I like harnessing. That's a good, that's a good <laughs> term. If you harness your emotions and you sharpen them to where you understand, oh, well, you understand how to communicate in addition to controlling your emotions or just harnessing them. I think controlling emotions is kind of, I think that's a little bit too aggressive. I think harnessing, I feel like would be, the yeah, because word. the thing is like when you want to control something, some somehow, some way it's not going to be, it's going to burst. Yeah. It's going to burst. It's not like, you know, you kind of have to give it space to breathe. Yes. Right. And if you disagree with somebody and you don't have your emotions in, in a way that you know how to communicate with them as well, it becomes a confrontation and then confrontation becomes conflict. And then now you and your friend who, you know, for the most part agree with 90% of things, but that one, but that thing. one thing somehow is going to ruin the relationship. Yes. Right. Yeah. Now you can also take that to relationships with people, relationships with family. Yeah. Right. And that's what I was saying. Like when I was younger or I can't even say when I was younger, but before I really started working on myself, I would quickly react the way that I shouldn't have mm. where it's like, you know, no thought involved in it, just reacting. And it's actually a lot nicer to just be like, okay, I, I hear what you're saying, man, but tell me more of wh why yeah. or like, give me a reason why in, in a non confrontational way where there's, you know, I, I want you to know that I'm trying to understand you. Like we disagree. I'm 
highly disagree. Like I disagree with you, yeah. but I want to know why you're, you know, why your disposition on this is that. And that way you kind of open a conversation. And I think that is a lost thing on people. But again, because it goes back, people don't know how to communicate. And it's not about emotions at that point. They just don't know how to like, tell me about that. Or why is that? You know what I mean? Because like, you know, like it's a bold claim to say everybody needs that. I don't don't know if everybody does, but a lot of people do just so that we can better ourselves with each other. Because like, you know, um, one of the exercises we did was like she had me doing this thing where she was like, I want you to think of your inner child. And then when you think of your inner child, talk to your inner child as you would talk to yourself right now. Mm. And then I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> At the moment, that was like our first or second session. And yeah. I was like, uh, shit, like I need to be nicer to myself. <laughs> And then it's funny because then we kept doing these things like, you know, visualization as a fighter is a strong, is a strong tool. Yeah. So visualization and therapy is almost just as important. Mm. So then when we were visualizing what we were, what I was doing, it was like, I want you to hug your inner child. And I was like, okay, cool. No big deal. And then she was like, how did that make you feel? I was like, kind of warm actually. Like, it's nice. It's like, do you feel like you've let some of the tension go? And I was like, hold the fuck up. Yeah. That's weird. But like, you know, obviously I'm not answering like that. But in my mind, I'm like, wait, 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 something's happening. And then I remember at the end of that session, she was like, okay, now I want you guys to think of a place where you feel really happy. You as a, as the person you are right now and bring the inner child there with you. I thought of this beach or this place on Guam. It's not really a beach. It's like a cliff, but this cliff side on Guam where I used to live five minutes away. And I took him there and we were just sitting and just watching the waves come in. I don't know what inner peace is like, but I'm pretty sure that's pretty close to that. Or at least that's a part of it. Cause at that moment I felt like the anxiety that I had, the the, like depressed thoughts that I had. I don't, I I don't, she didn't say I had depression. She said I had general anxiety. But the anxiety that I had, the the fears that I had moving forward and the lack of hope that I had all kind of changed. Now, don't get me wrong, like life still happens just because yeah. I did, you know, like I started therapy in March. It's November now. Yeah. And I went from like March to May consistently, like uh, once every week because it was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, I edit this part out, but. Because I want you to know why I went to therapy. So edit this part out. I wanted to kill myself. Because I was so afraid of um, not being able to accomplish what I want to accomplish. And I made up that other story about um, when she asked me about my brothers or when she asked me about what's important to me, it was really more why. Not necessarily the words, why haven't you done it? But like, what's preventing you from from suicide? Um, I said, my brothers, my mom, my dad, people that love me. And she asked me, so you don't love yourself? And I was like, why? Like, what, what makes you say that? It's like, you didn't list, you didn't say you were the reason you didn't want to end your life. And, uh, 
Yeah. You can keep that for yourself. Damn, dude. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Um, I, I think we had a conversation on the phone about that. Yeah, we did. Right? Yeah. And it, it was really more, I was telling you more about how I was struggling, but I didn't tell you the, the extent at which it was going. Because mm. I didn't really want to tell too many people I'm this far away or worry anybody this far away. Because. Do you have a bit more of a. Oh, dude. The word harness on it. Oh, yeah. Say? Yeah. Okay. No, why, why wouldn't you want it to be spoken about then? Because for me, bro, for somebody who loves you, um, I don't see you all the time. I don't get to talk to you all the time, but I would still want to know because that's important. And I know, like, we talk about it all the time. Yeah. Being vulnerable. That's, yeah. That is, honestly, bro, honesty and being vulnerable is, uh, is very attractive because that's not around anymore. I, I just think... I'm not ready to share that with this big of a, I don't, I'm not a fucking million followers. <laughs> well, just this kind of a platform yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like don't, I've, I've only mentioned that to like maybe five, six people, maybe 10 at most. Mm. You know, one of them. Yeah. And it's still a hard thing for me to talk about. So I'm not really ready for, for that yet. Yeah. What That's why I made that story up like on the fly, mm -hmm. but I needed you to understand that that's the reason why um, I went to therapy in the first place. And then it's funny cause that was the, the reason why, but then it kind of made me a better person mm -hmm. cause it, it, it helped me to speak better to speak up more, to express more. Like, yeah, I talk a lot, but sometimes it's just conversation. Yeah. But there's a lot more substance to it now. Cause like now I'm really listening a lot better. I think like me listening was probably one of the best things that I got out of it. Like just to be able to listen better. But speaking on those kind of topics, bro, it puts you there. Right. But that's why I'm speaking to you about it. Damn, yeah. man. Yeah. Because I feel like this is the first time you're hearing that from me. Yeah. Yeah. My shit's like. Yeah. Insane. I, when I talk about it like that, especially with people that I love, especially when something's happening, it, it's hard. You could probably, well, no. But yeah, because like more recently, I had a conversation with my mom about it. Um, it was before I made the decision to move back home. And she was like, well, I pray for you all the time. And I'm just like, I understand that, but I'm still struggling. I, I Like, I'm nowhere near where it was before. Not at all. I'm so much better now. Yeah. But, you know, it when, when struggle comes, and I guess you can start, you can start from here too. When struggle comes, you, the darkest parts of yourself tend to come out. And it's so hard to just have like a piece of light to kind of open that up. But then you just remember that you have to do that for yourself. Right. And yeah, I just kind of figured out for myself how to, how to do that. And ironically that anxiety is that anxiety that I had is rooted deeply into, um, a real world thing, which was finances like I realized that I d 
do not have the finances that I would love to have, not necessarily even at this phase of life, but moving on the next five, 10, 15 years. Yeah. And that's kind of where the immigrant thing came in. My brother and I were smoking weed at my at the patio at my place. And he was like, and my brother, mind you, moved from the Philippines when he was two years old. Yeah. So he was a baby. But he was like, man, I wish we could have gone. We were supposed to go to the Philippines as a family in 2020. And obviously COVID happened. <laughs> and he was like, uh, man, I really wish we got to go to the Philippines. I miss them. I love that place so much. My brother's been to the Philippines like six times. How many times have you been? Well, I lived there for like, well, maybe not six. We were going every other year for a bit, but yeah, but you live there. <laughs> well, I live there. Yeah, yes. yeah. But the thing is, like, my brother, who was who grew up American, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. loves it there. And again, me and my high self, I was like, "That's how my kids are going to be like." <laughs> yes. And that's when I started thinking. I was like, "I really need to make moves, man," because going to the Philippines is expensive. Going to the Philippines is like per person fifteen hundred dollars. Going there or living there? Going there. Just going there. Jeez. No, but when you're there, everything's cheap. The, yeah, that's the, right. Yeah, yeah. The dollar ratio, I think, is like 50 to 1. Okay. So the dollar goes far over there. Okay. Now, when my brother said that, the first thing that came to my mind, and he had been talking about generational wealth for a bit, too. That's why he's doing the Masters of Nursing, because like, that's how you build generational wealth. You get Immigrants have a an interesting path. And this is how I saw it. Our parents brought us here. They didn't build the foundation. They brought the materials. Yeah. Now it's me and my brothers, both both of them. It's our turn to start building the foundation. Yeah. Well, building a foundation means we're going to fucking dig, dig through shit, you know, and have these struggles that, you know, the identity struggles of, am I American? Am I Filipino? Am I this? Am I that? Can I do this? Can I do that? Yeah. The generation after me, they're the ones that are going to build success. But what is success if we're building a house? All you're doing is putting the framework. You don't even have like the, the house doesn't even look like a house yet. Right. The generation after that, they're going to put in the rest of the way. Like they're going to put in the drywall, all that shit. Yeah. Then the generation after that is going to paint and furnish. Bro, I listed six generations right there. I'm barely on one. So people ask me, I've been asked this, is this surgical technique really something you want to do? Fuck no. Mm. I don't. Yeah. I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing. Yeah. But I'm not making the money that I need. Yeah. Now, I said fuck no emphasis. But <laughs> you did. Oh my jeez. Relax, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's still within the was still within the realm of like my knowledge and something that I know I can learn because I I listen to the Huberman Lab podcast a lot. Oh yeah. It's oh great. dude, such a it's great fucking, fucking awesome. Yeah. And he did a live Q and A recently in LA. Like I didn't get to go, which I'm sad about. <laughs> so in sad LA? About yeah, he did it in LA. Oh, shit. I know. I'm so sad. <laughs> fat boy over here. No, <laughs> I'm so mad. I didn't know that it was happening. Anyway, <laughs> he um he was asked this. I think it was like, what is the key to like motivation and discipline that that connects to neuroscience? And then he talked on and on about like. The, the physiology and the the science of it but then he was like you know with discipline and motivation and again i'm butchering this 
With discipline and motivation, it's more like there were classes when he was getting his PhD he didn't want to do. And that's everything, right? Everything right. that with the things that we do, there are things that we don't like. But he changes perception by saying there are gems that I'm going to do, that I'm going to learn. And those gems are what I'm going to focus on, not the not the hard part. So it could be 97%, I don't like this. Yeah. But if that 3% is nice and shiny, I'm staring at that 3% real hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the surgical tech thing, the cool thing about it is, and this is my gem, I get to learn a new skill, right? I get to learn a new skill. And obviously the, the money aspect is nice there. And then on top of that, you know, like, I, I want to get into an orthopedic surgical center or surgical clinic because I have experience in that. And it'd be really cool to learn more of that because my end goal, as far as like my own personal, like, um, like my personal, my own personal thing is to open a facility that has to do with fitness, rehabilitation and wellness. But the thing too is like, imagine me knowing orthopedic surgeons that are working with, with, patients who will then need rehabilitation and then through rehabilitation be have access to like a mental health like um help yeah through the rehabilitation or even just a wellness aspect of it with nutrition mental health whatever the case yeah. may be to me that is the goal how do i get there well mr finances what is the most important tool in world today well, what is the mo what is the most important tool for accessibility? Not even that. For accessibility? Yeah. What is the most important resource? Money is a tool. Yeah. It needs to be used properly, though. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. So I mean, that's the thing. It's supposed to be working. Yeah. For you. For you. Yeah. You know. That's and that's the, the thing too, because for me, it's like I realize when when my brother and I had that conversation, and I started breaking down those things. There have, are there people in a similar position as me who've gone through lucrative things and have done better? Yes. But because they sought that out. What I did was I sought inwards or I looked through, looked inwards. And therefore, and what I mean by that is like I did, I did fighting because it made me feel happy, made me feel good. Mm. And I went to personal training because that was something that I had in the back of my pocket already because I had my degree in kinesiology i had been coached basically my whole life so it, it came natural to me i wasn't one of these people who were like growing up i looked up at somebody with so much money and then i needed to know how they did it mm. i've never i've never like dealt in that world so for me the best way i could do it i gather my tools right now my resource and then i talk to somebody who's done that and then let it work for them because then if it works for them that means it's going to come back to me. Yes. So that means I'm letting my money work through someone else. Yeah. It's <laughs> the name of the game. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, man. Like, yeah, man. that's why these decisions that I'm making, it may seem like, okay, why? But that's the reason why. Yeah. You know, I want to have the two different, well, two, two careers. Because then now I want to have that excess or that disposable income. Okay, now that goes into generation three, four, five, whatever the case may be. Because uh -huh. the thing is, so that's my personal goal, right? To open my own facility because that that's going to take some capital in itself. 
But the generational goal, which people never talk about because not a lot of people have to talk about it, is to build a bridge between my family. And what I mean, my family is me, me, my future wife. Hey, holler, whoever you are, my, my future kids, my brother, his future spouse and future kids and my youngest brother, his future spouse, future kids, because I'm the oldest of three boys. Yeah. And my mom is the matriarch of our family. Where do you think that puts me at? As far as like places in the family, we play a big role, bro. Men, exactly. men play a big fucking role, especially yeah. the oldest. Yeah, the oldest son tends to have to play this role of like, especially for me and my family who came here from somewhere else. Mm. So that means we have to, I have to help keep the traditions. I have to help keep, like, and when I say traditions, like the family aspect of it. Like my family is so tight. I have nineteen cousins, my guy. Fuck. Nineteen <laughs> cousins. Direct. That's. All from my my mom's brothers and sisters. It's crazy. Yeah. And the thing is, I'm Kuya. Kuya is older brother in Tagalog. Yeah. Everybody calls me this except for my uncle. Mm. Why? Because my uncle and my mom are the heads of the family. <laughs> right? So it's like for the USA edition of my family, yeah. I have to be the one to lead the way. Yeah. But the beauty of it is we also have a community within ourselves. Like my brothers and I, we're so tight that it's going to be us. Not just me. It's not a me thing. It's a we thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But the thing is, we have to build this bridge between the U.S. and the Philippines. Because I would love to have my kids someday see what it's like. See what life is like over there. Because in the Philippines, there's so many people who have nothing. They don't even know when they're going to get their next meal. Or if they do, it's like, you know, they have to really be appreciative of what they have yeah. let me tell you though they're ha- a lot happier than they are or than we are over here well that's how you measure like that's the thing you you're saying that you're happy right now or what you're doing yeah and then you're pursuing this new you know in order to like grow your income so it's like how do you measure your happiness mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so to me i don't measure it by fucking you know money or anything right like, right, or, right right, right. all this like i, I don't man I, I just this bro like i you know. and the thing is like for me building capital building generational wealth isn't happiness for me it's more a tool so that someday my kids will see that look how your family love like i learned unconditional love through my family because i remember i was going through a really bad breakup and we went back to the philippines like that same year it was in 2016 and um i was sitting with one of my aunts she was I mean, you know me, dude. When I'm, something's bothering me, I literally wear it. I, yeah. I, I hate it because like, I wish I could be a little more mysterious about shit. But I'm like, fuck it, dude. That's me. I'm just going to accept it. Uh, my aunt was like, saw me come in and right away was like looking at me like something's wrong. Mm-mm. Took her about two days because I went to her like little convenience store because they have a little kitchen in the back. And I was just like hanging out there. And she was like, hey, let me make some food. I was like, cool. Thanks, aunt. Thanks, auntie. And she goes, so what's wrong with you? I was like, uh, what do you mean? She's like, you don't got to lie. Like, I could see it. And I was like, well, you know, I was going through this, this, and this, and like struggling with this, this, and that, like, you know, whatever. And she was like, boy, whoever you bring around us, if you love them, we love her too. And I was just like, fuck like 
I never that never registered in my head because you know like like you remember I'm, I'm an eager guy I'm like very put a lot of pressure on myself to do great but I never realized that sometimes just showing up is valuable enough yeah. and to them it was just like we don't care as long as you're okay and so learning that i was like damn that is unconditional love because then you know like regardless of circumstance regardless of anything that's that's it yeah and i want my kids to have that yeah you know not not necessarily that specific moment but like learning that like hey man like you know ipad xyz and you know fucking tesla 99 isn't what's gonna make (laughs) you happy you know, it's the fact that you can always go back to your roots and learn that it doesn't matter who you are, what you do, family will love you no matter what. And th- that's a privilege because not everybody has that. Yep. And for me, I want that to keep going. That's another form of generational wealth. Exactly. And that's the thing too. I was, you know, what does it take to get there? Yeah. I have to build my resources. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm coming home and I know you're excited and oh, you're probably, you're probably going to post that. You're probably going to post that. I'm going to send you the clip. And you know, who's going to be real happy about that too. Justin's going to be really happy about that. Yeah. yeah. Tenador's going to be very happy about that. But I mean, like I know a lot of people that are, you know, my closest friends are going to be happy about that. And yeah. obviously like I, this, this is cool to do, but it'd be nice to do like grab a coffee or grab a Do you want lunch after this? What are you um, after? I actually have to, go home oh okay. yeah because the thing right. is i got some shit i, got I know you got later. family and stuff yeah like yeah because yeah. okay. yeah. i'm starving so i was like oh, <laughs> yeah fuck. me too kind of <laughs> but it, i just needed to carve this time to, to hang out with you and be around you because like you well, know next month you'll be here for two weeks correct yeah i'm gonna okay. be here yeah we'll, we'll get lunch for Dude, sure fuck it we'll get dinner dinner all that yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, so yeah. like last time yeah <laughs> well brother we just hit fucking two hours did we we did Lit. <laughs> so my guy uh are there any closing statements uh for the podcast um just, you know, everybody's got their version of happy and live in the present. You know? Beautifully said. <laughs> I mean, you know. And if you feel like you need therapy, go get therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Well, my brother, it's so good to fucking yeah, man. see you, man. I mean, I thought, I honestly thought we were going to hit lunch. That's why I was like, yeah, I'm going to do a podcast with Joe. They go hit lunch. <laughs> no, afterwards. I wish. I'm sorry. It's but all like, good, I got to go this, back home. This is perfect, man. Like, literally. Also, but. I don't have a car and they're going to need a car. I mean, like, I'm using my dad's van, okay. so he's probably going to need it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's no worries, why. my brother. Yeah. Well, honestly, thank you for coming well, out. Thank I'm you. So fucking happy yeah, you're gonna too. be here and move here dude for over yeah. a year oh yeah, baby yeah. i hope you just stay here permanent you know nah <laughs> <laughs> nah i like it i like Fuck. it down there well my brother i love you man and uh, i can't wait to see you next month too, yeah. my brother all right for sure all right my man ladies and gentlemen we're out of here goodbye y'all.